0: hey guys and welcome back to the leah simone podcast where you know we just a little it's just a little chit chatting still just still just a little chit chatting you know just about topics that not only talk about womanhood females women you know our journeys through life health obviously we just going to talk about it all and you know what Today is kind of nothing falling short of it and I would rather just cut to the chase because I feel like I just really just want to get this out, kind of get this popping. Before I start, I do want to thank you all for tuning in to the podcast. Definitely make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel if you are watching on my YouTube channel, which is basically you get to see me in person and video. And if you're listening to me on my actual podcast, radio, radio, Um, description on whatever platform that you listen to it on I would just be super grateful if y'all would just follow me on there because I'm not gonna stop talking and y'all gonna be hearing these topics regardless because these are topics y'all want to like hear or like about so today i definitely wanted to discuss about like soft feminine energy because i already know y'all talk about that soft girl era like we're all talking about the soft girl era so i at least wanted to at least define a, define a soft feminine maybe like energy first of all before i go in but obviously i'm gonna look it up on google so i would describe it as feminine energy is or google would describe it as feminine energy is a type of energy some individuals radiate and it influences their attitude their behavior and how they carry themselves many describe it as a set of traits which are typically highly feminine are typical of highly feminine women so the examples that they have on here are nurturing soft caring playful empathetic compassionate and vulnerable so i actually found that very rewarding in a way because i already do feel that at least with my own feminine energy i do reflect a lot of those things and i definitely want to get more into my feminine just because i don't know this is the time to do it and i feel as though the fact that my 20s i'm kind of using it as like I'm definitely working on myself, but I feel like within my own community, a lot of the things to do immediately in your 20s is to get a degree after another degree, after another degree, after or going after your dream job, uh, because you have all these degrees now, and I just can't relate to a lot of it right now. Not because I don't value education, uh, because I do, and I actually truly love to learn, But I'm doing. I'm learning things in other ways, areas, and different aspects of my life. So I'm not just not practicing or exercising my brain. I'm definitely still learning new things every day out here. I'm just not getting a degree, or sorry, another degree. Um, not about that life as of right now. And I don't know. Sometimes I do feel like pursuing. A degree can be a little bit masculine or at least the focus that you have to have to not only get in, stay in, but get the degree is a lot of masculine energy needs to be put towards it based on the amount of focus that you need. So I'm not trying to do that right now. Just not right now. Mm -hmm. But I would at least say part of how I'm going to work on like soft feminine energy is by slowing down just my life in general. Just, I don't know, I'm, again, coming off almost a year and a half. I'm not gonna say two years, definitely more closer to like a year to a year and a half being out of that college student lifestyle. And, you know, the college or the university, whatever I went to, I was very go, go, go. I had to do i just there's so much stuff to do no time no time and there's just so much stuff to do and all of it was a priority and all of it was important and me looking back i'm like mm, there's some things that were definitely less important but at that time at that age at, in that mindset in that atmosphere everything's important everything has to get done everything is priority like you got to do it all type stuff but um it's a very fast life, so that's why when you kind of ask people, like, how was your college when they have graduated, you kind of don't, like, remember a lot of stuff because it was, like, you did so much stuff you don't remember. You, like, just don't remember. And I'm not, like, saying I don't remember what I did in college, not because I'm partying about I'm just, like, you just did so many things, especially if you're a type of student actually, like... Not even, like, did the work. Obviously, in a way, you have to do your work to do, get your degree. But, like, for me, I feel like I struggled at my university. So, I really had to, like, <laughs> like practice and study. And I feel like even then, I'm like, dang. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not, like, stupid. But I really got to put a lot more time into understanding this knowledge. And I'm just realizing I'm not liking this camera angle at all. This is awful. This is awful right now, but not too awful. It's not like I can't manage. Um, I kind of like that better, but I don't know if that'll stay. It's just going to have to stay. I just don't like that lighting now. It's like, you don't like the camera angle. You don't like the lighting. Are you actually becoming a YouTuber? What is this? Or a podcaster? What is this? Mm, this is a little better. I get, I feel like this is the exact same is it the exact same don't laugh if it is if it is um but yeah slowing down and living a slower life and I looked up examples on how to live a slower life or just what they call slow living and so this is 15 simple ways to practice slow living and you know what I'm starting to think maybe I need to start linking all the stuff that I actually google so y'all know I'm not just like making it up but I hope y'all would think if I looked it on Google, you can look it out on Google, right? But regardless, we continue. Um, what is slow living? Um, it's a lifestyle emphasizing slower approaches to aspects of everyday life. Uh, apparently, that's from Wikipedia. But um, I like that definition, quote, whatever. But one of the first examples that they talk about when it comes to slow living, I was really like taking it back because I was already trying to do this like for the past minimum two years maximum like 10 um practicing patience so that really hit home for me um just because that was already my own personal goal so I'm actually glad that's like definitely within there Uh, next one schedule your routine i'm definitely doing that a lot more and i'm so grateful i can actually schedule a routine that's comfortable for me where i can still get stuff done and i can still make my money and then i can still do stuff like this and record for y'all still hang out with my boyfriend and i'm still trying to perfect my routine like literally every day because there's so many things i want to do in a reasonable amount of time i'm not going to say they're all due by like next friday now Um, this next one, when I read it, I was a little confused, so I'm actually glad I clicked on the link, um, just so I could read what the description is. So this next one is act less in more time. And so the description for it says doing this wouldn't leave you behind other people in some race to success. The simple thing is to do whatever you do with passion and creativity. Okay. I love that. Instead of spending less time on important things to get more things done, try to give more time to a single thing. If you spend more time on something important, you'll actually get things done. I like that. Um, in all reality, it sounds like I kind of said that earlier um, with basically now not being that college mindset or lifestyle. So I'm here for that. So I feel like, again, I'm already trying to do that. Uh, You know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and read up all the next. I'm just going to go ahead and read all of the examples of slow living. Or I guess how to live a slower life. And I'll just say which ones I am doing. I'm actively doing. I'll just say another one where I'm already actively kind of working on that. And the other one where I have not even considered it at all. I do want to work on that or like apply that to my soft feminine energy and like my lifestyle and living that slower life so spend time with yourself do everything with joy cultivate a positive attitude be sure to act slowly immerse yourself intentionally in the environment interesting word choice make your circle smaller embrace a hobby or activity you enjoy I'm so sorry. That's my boyfriend playing Mortal Kombat. I knew that was going to happen. And I wasn't going to say anything until that happened. Dedicate more time to sleep. Don't overwork yourself. Do everything slowly. Don't participate in unnecessary activities. Be intentional with your time. Oh, yeah, that's the awesome last one. Okay, so... Hmm. I would have... See... I feel like, as I was reading down the list, I'm already actively working on a lot of them so i'll just I'll just say one let's, mm, mm, I'll just say one where I guess oh okay, I'll just say one where maybe even now, I'm like, you know what, I understand this, but I haven't really actively like done more practicing on this for I guess slower living and improving my soft feminine energy and this is the don't overwork yourself stop putting in the effort into things more than adequately even if something is important work for the due time and understand that overworking would only make you stressed out and exhausted and it won't be productive just to feel like you're doing things at a greater pace than others, you sacrifice a better and slower lifestyle. So I do like that. I that that'll be something I incorporate more of. Um, essentially, where I just don't overwork myself. Um, I think that's something that I as if I reflect on that, I could literally reflect on that today at work. But we don't. We're not going to discuss our current job as much um in real time like that unless we are actually recording a real video um not a podcast but um being meek to apply in soft feminine energy is something I already wanted to be my own specific goal uh so if we define meek it's quiet gentle and easily imposed on And I didn't say this, Google said this. So don't come for me, all you, um, I'm not even going to say it. So meek is another term or a synonym for submissive. And that is something I would like to work, not submissive, I already know I'm submissive. But the meek, the, I think out of all of those adjectives, what did they say? Quiet, gentle, easily imposed on. I think the more quiet is what I want to work on. I actually already feel like I'm gentle. I, already, I get that I'm nice quite a bit. And also I'm cordial. I'm respectful. I'm also from the South. So I, I understand manners. But my thing is quiet in terms of the adjectives to describe meek. In regards of the entire term of meek is something I want to practice on. And apply with my own soft feminine energy. And I think I already feel in a lot of ways, I already express meekness and you know, maybe there's other areas where I can apply it better or even in the areas I already know how to apply it. Well, I'll go 100% heavy hitter, like superlative on it. And in addition to, I guess you could say, not only the soft feminine energy, but making sure that at least myself that I am applying that to my everyday life. I'm really practicing on that girly lifestyle. And I already know I'm, in a lot of ways, I already know I'm genuinely very girly. Um, we can talk about how today's podcast, I'm a little more sporty. If I do my whole look, which I'm not gonna do, you'll be like, um, you kind of looking a little sporty, tomboyish today, not even tomboy, but I feel like sometimes when you do sporty looks, it can come across as tomboy or something else. But anyways, um, I'm going to go to the gym kind of after this with my boyfriend and we can go work out because i got a gym membership, but that's low-key in a later podcast for y'all. So um, with that girly lifestyle, that's something I want to incorporate. And honestly, I technically did that on my last podcast. Y'all saw me all basically, I feel like that was like uh, – a. Uh, a basic glam that i have uh, or like a style basic glam style that i have and i'm not mad about it i think it's one of my cuter styles to where it's a simple easy girly style that you know i feel feminine in that fit in that makeup in that hair makeup and i'm not going to shy away from that and i'm just gonna get even more girlier and then more than likely with my podcast, especially if I plan it out a little bit better, I'm always going to be fit, on point, everything's going to be like a one, so I'm not concerned um, too much on how girly I am, I already know I have style, just baby, the fun's been not, I wouldn't say consistent or anything like that. The way I spend money is not on clothes. I just now recently got into that. Because I wanted to improve my wardrobe. And make sure things that I'm wearing are comfortable, cute, um, stylish. And I can essentially almost wear anywhere or interchangeably as well. Um, But yeah, just having that soft, feminine, and cute energy lifestyle look. Yeah, I don't think it's um unknown for women or uncommon for women to know the type of look I might mean and part of it might already be what I already have. Like the braids. I almost was gonna put this in a style, but I was like, nah, I'm literally gonna have my hair up for the gym. So I'm I'm just gonna be chilling. So and also I have my hair up for work, so that's what it is. But just being a soft feminine, cute girly woman that I already know i am and just being warm welcoming and gentle and actually already feel like i am though so it's not surprising if i do act that way but yeah i actually would like to move on to the next topic for the next topic i i've been really holding off on this for a good minute i've been holding off on talking about this for a good minute and mainly because I, I, you know, I've healed enough and, you know, I don't feel anything. And as you're seeing me touch my face, it's still, you know, still feels a little way. It feels a little way. But this year, or really the past two years total, actually, no, we'll, we'll say a full year a full year and a half. I don't know. I'm not good with time and dates, but within these past two years, I have had major dental work done and I don't think I'm done. Uh because there's still more things I want to do and we'll talk about that later on in just a moment. But here's the thing I had my bottom wisdom teeth removed a little bit earlier this year uh, a couple months at least like six months ago um so I, that's why I actually feel comfortable sharing about it but um I've had a lot of a uh, lot of experiences or emotions that I feel towards this whole entire dental work process um And maybe that's why I feel some type of way in regards of like upgrading my lifestyle in general, just in general. I already knew this phase was going to happen. I was already trying to work on this phase. I just now have a little bit more finances to work on it and apply it. But with my wisdom teeth removal, um, before I even got my teeth, both sets of my wisdom teeth removed, um, I went to the dentist and they let me know how bad my mouth was uh because I neglected it I'm so I don't have to like say it but college was not the time for me to focus on self-care and that was on me obviously um or just treating myself better or like focusing on health even though I was a health major it's it's actually not as um uncommon um as you think so please don't get it twisted but i had about like seven cavities they were telling me how they were gonna remove my wisdom teeth they were like yeah your top ones we can pull them out for you but those bottom ones you gotta get an oral surgeon for that you have to i'm obviously over exaggerating my dental top but like you have to get the bottom ones surgically removed the top ones we can just yank out, and um that's how you can get your wisdom teeth removed and me personally i was just like look i know i want to get my top ones removed i don't know about the bottom ones i'll go see a oral surgeon but i'm gonna have to wait um what was it now i'm trying to remember all i know is at some point either before i got both surgeries done or uh by the time i had one surgery done I feel like it was before i had both of the surgeries done i said if my wisdom teeth affect how i eat then i am going to get these out i don't care how painful they are i don't care how much it costs i don't care what i need to do i'm going to get these out i do not like how it was affecting my eating and it got worse and worse and worse and i was like nope, i'm not dealing with this get them out so i had to prioritize like at least getting all this dental work done, uh, effectively and safely, and so I'm glad the way I did it, and really, the, the doc, the dentist recommended, you know, get your cavity fillings done, and then we can move on to the wisdom teeth, um, right, so I had cavities on the top upper teeth and cavities on the bottom teeth, so what happened was, the way that this process worked out is I went to one dentist, um, and honestly, I feel like I just want to go back to her. Um, She was honestly amazing. But regardless of that, the process was this. I got one side. I just, I don't remember. I'm so sorry. It's been so long and I've been drugged up. So I can't really give you all the details as fresh as I was hoping for. Because I waited so long to do everything. She did one half. Or a uh, a uh, uh, One half of my teeth's cavities filling. She did one half of it. It was like she had to do the left side or the right side. So whichever side she did, she filled those cavities. If they were on the upper bottom set. And then what she did, y'all, what she did. Oh my gosh. They drug me up so much, right? Needle after needle, right? They took some like... Cord thing right and y'all so lucky I chose not to go to dental school because then I would just tell you the actual instrument just something to wrap around my wisdom teeth right one on here one in here and then got all there got all tight it was like a metal little rod and she like did a little screw thing and it got tighter it got tighter and then she yanked them out <laughs> she yanked the first one out And then she ate that one. And I was just like, huh? (laughs) And the thing is, the thing about that, which was so odd, is that I wasn't put to sleep. I was not put to sleep. I was awake. I'm looking at her yanking my molars out, my upper molars. What is that? What is that? I'm looking at her. I'm I'm not and it's not like I'm feeling the teeth getting yanked out. I'm just like it's obviously numb. They they numbed my gums, but then it's just like you hear it and you hear like this bone cracking inside your ear. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm making all these faces. It was just so like ick. But aside from that, I healed very nicely uh from that surgery basically from that teeth pulling. Both of my upper molars healed very fast, and um, I wasn't in pain for too long. I'm going to be honest. I feel like I was in pain 24 to 48 hours afterwards, um, after the surgery. And then after those 48 hours, I felt low-key fine. I was just, like, you know, making sure I basically kept it clean and, you know, let it heal so I didn't... um, I think what I I originally like the first couple of days I obviously ate you know applesauce all that stuff pudding but I was able to um, eat actual like hard food a lot faster I feel like than my bottom ones so let me tell you about that after I got that first set of the surgery right then I went back to that same dentist and got the other side filled okay Now I'm like, all right, let me wait a couple months before we even think about looking for an oral surgeon. So a couple months passed by, um, and, you know, I looked for an oral surgeon. I finally got a consultation. Long story short, they said, all right, you know, it'll be this much to get your bottom one surgically removed. This is the process, blah, blah, blah. And um, the, what was it? the surgery before no the surgery the the appointment before i guess you could say the consultation right before the second consultation i guess it's just the meeting right before the day of your surgery and so they were letting me know you know what's going on essentially with your teeth and like if it's possible and um how much it'll cost and they they told me all that information so i I was able to uh, have the money, and I was blessed with that, to be able to afford the bottom set of teeth, surgical removal, whatever. And on my left side, they said right before the day of my surgery, they are like, yeah, so the day of your surgery, we're going to use a different um, type of, what was it? x-ray whatever or just nerve ray i guess it was a nerve ray to see where this uh bottom left molar was specifically located just because it's around some nerves and we want to make sure we, if we can take it out safely it's too dangerous we won't do it long story short they said it wasn't too dangerous and they took them out um they took they took them both out and gratefully thankfully you know it was a successful surgery and mind you, I woke up, because they, they did drug me. They, um, Maybe I should talk about that actual, that specific day, the day of surgery. Okay, the day of surgery, right, for my bottom ones. This one was, this was the kicker. These were the kickers. You know, going, whatever, I'm, I obviously had to fast. I go in my boyfriend you know basically signing me and showing his id basically yeah he's gonna take me home and go in they do the x-ray they said "Oh, okay you know uh it's it's fine he showed me where it was looks like we're gonna get you started all right you feeling okay he's like who's your favorite artist i said or who's your favorite artist or what what's Artist, would you like to put music on I said oh put that Ruby on I'm a bad girl Ruby Rihanna I'm telling you they while they were putting on Rihanna what's what was the first song that played I don't know I was on so many drugs uh from that point to now that I I don't remember I want to say it was work no 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 it was kiss it better it was kiss because it was off of her um uh that most recent album. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. It was kissing better. So that started playing. They're hooking me up uh right to this whatever solution, this IV that's obviously gonna put me to sleep so they can do the surgery. They hook me up, you know, all I hear is what are you willing to? And I'm gone. I'm gone, I'm just complete Completely sleep, and then I wake up to work, 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 right. And they're like, I think they were finishing up there because the way that they said that they're gonna have to take out my teeth is that they would have to break it down and take like bit by bit out. They would have to break up the tooth to take bit by bit, especially for this one. I don't know. I think they were able to just like cut, sew, stitch. It was done. This one, they had to really break the tooth and take it bit by bit. So, I think I woke up as they were taking the last few bits and pieces out. Because they had already finished this one. I, I, like, I felt the emptiness. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, yeah, they finished that. And he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm just, like, chilling, right? And then I think I went back to sleep, and then they woke me up again. They said, you're good, all good. And all I remember is that the assistant uh, oral surgeon, or the assistant dentist to the oral surgeon. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. He's, like, helping me walk to uh, my boyfriend's car, and I just see my boyfriend uh, just pull up. And I'm just thinking, like, wow. I didn't say anything. I'm quiet. I'm just like quiet and just walking. And it's, I don't know. I felt like I was walking in the ocean. And I see my boyfriend and he pulls up. And he's looking all cute. And he opens the door. And I think they had exchanged some words. Like, oh, make sure, you know, probably like, you know, my medicine and stuff. And then all I remember is. My boyfriend laying me to the bed, and, you know, I'm asleep, and then I wake up, and then, you know, I wake up, I'm, I'm just, like, a little sore, but I'm still, like, obviously on drugs from the surgery, and I noticed that there was so much blood on the pillow, because I woke up, like, with my mouth, like, open, you know, I'm stitched up, so... Oh my gosh! It just felt awful, and with the aftercare, it was just you know, you know, take your medicine obviously. But I just felt like they gave me some big dosage of medicine, uh, to the point where I was just like, oh. And then, I think a week after my surgery, I had this major headache, major headache migraine. It was just so bad. I felt like oh my gosh, like, these were just knocking everywhere, it was just, oh, so bad, and I was, like, at work, it was just so bad, and I just noticed, like, as I was healing, you know, stitches fell off, and, like, I went to my after, uh, after surgery visit, basically, like, post-op, essentially, and, He said, You're healing really fast. And you know, you're going to experience some numbness. And he did the little test to make sure that I have feeling and a sensation there. And he's like, Okay, you're good. And so, in my mind, I'm like, Okay, I'm, you know, at least he's saying I've healed correctly. But even now, six months later, I'm still in a way numb. But the more I think about it, the more I have to be like, This is the first surgery I've ever had. This is the first like real major surgery. Because they did say how, like, difficult this side would be and just like in this little what i'm what i'm like uh like circling is just like this area where it still feels numb it doesn't feel as numb as it did months ago so at least i know yes i am healing which i'm grateful for yes thank you but i think where i'm also like dang you know i'm still numb like i'm i still don't have my 400 feeling like i do on this side so you know i can at least like feel really feel my lip and like let's say i put chapstick or lip gloss on i could actually feel that all over my my lips because there was a point in time where i didn't feel like all of this i i really didn't feel like this whole section and and then my chin like i didn't feel that like it just felt like weird and I couldn't move it and it just felt stiff and, it, and in some ways it just feels a little, it still feels stiff but it's like less and less and less and less feeling that way like a muscle that's um clenched up too much or something like that um but I could at least say with the results you know overall dental health has improved um you know I get compliments on my teeth Quite a bit i already did before so it's not like that's new to me but um the way i eat ugh, it's that's all i cared about you know that's all i cared about is how my eating habits um how, how are they improved now that you know i'm not like biting my cheek off um biting my tongue it's hard i don't have any space i'm i feel too much pressure in there and i would say you know I don't regret the surgery I feel good you know it's easier to clean, uh, wash my teeth or clean my, brush my teeth and floss it's a lot easier to floss I already have naturally strong tight teeth and um you know I had a dentist even asked me how do you floss like she's like digging in trying to floss my very strong tight teeth so it kind of shifted my teeth a little bit and um yeah like with my overall goals with my dental health essentially like you know improve my dental health obviously brush twice a day floss obviously I have to do once a day but I feel like the way my the way food gets stuck in my teeth a lot because they're so strong especially like certain teeth teeth areas or teeth pockets I have to floss almost every time after I eat or if I eat certain things um but yeah, and then like I will definitely want to start whitening my teeth. And um, essentially my my main goal is to sh- re-straighten my teeth again. So I'm definitely going to do some invisible braces or something like that. But that's for sure a goal of mine. And I honestly might do that first before I even go uh, back to the dentist to check low-key if I have any... Cavities just after all this dental work slash slash surgery. So, if anything, that's all I could say about you know that wisdom teeth removal because that was an experience this year that I really wanted to share just because you know a lot of people go through it. Some not everybody, and I know even when I was working, there was it was kind of like a topic a little bit that I was getting the surgery right. So, some people would say, like, oh, I got mine and this was their experience, or or they never got theirs out and they're like 47 or like 55 or something like that. Or, or some horror stories. And I was like, don't tell me them horror stories. I'm good at to me. Um, I just want to eat. Like, can I just eat? So, yeah, but that's pretty much about that wisdom removal because it's kind of giving me flashbacks. And I'm pretty much done because I love my pearly white. I was hoping to have finished this before I'd be on the last topic for today. Pretty soon, finna going to drop something for y'all, and I think y'all are going to like it. I really hope y'all like it. I'll definitely, you know, post about it. And, you know, it's something... I'm going to genuinely dedicate my time to. And I can't wait to share that with you. But alas, last, y'all, I definitely wanted to talk about, you know... With this topic, it's very actually important to me to discuss. Because it's something I do want to improve on spiritually. Uh, and also, just because I know God has given me a lot of this. And so, providing grace is kind of the main thing I wanted to share with this last topic with y'all today because here's the thing God has provided me a lot of grace and I think it's unfair for humanity the world communities this that and the third people I communicate with regardless if in person or on via the internet providing grace is something I genuinely have to practice more. And I do want to define the term grace just just so we kind of understand what we're talking about and when I say providing grace I am coming from a biblical perspective where um the biblical meaning of grace is um the spontaneous unmerited gift of the divine favor in the salvation of sinners and the divine influence operating in individuals for the regeneration and sanctification. Um so just think about God's unmerited favor to his children essentially and to be in more more layman's terms to understand what grace is or providing grace or the practice of that providing grace is basically to give a gift to somebody who is acting bad or outrageously malicious you know not good right they they are not improving society they are in more they could be in detrimenting- society but they are getting rewarded so for anything that's that's more so grace um God's favor towards the unworthy um, or undeserving. So that's something to consider when it comes to the actual term of grace. And some things that I kind of want to share with y'all when it comes to my thinking of providing grace or how I'm going to do more of that in my own world or how I can practice that in my own day to day world is. You know, giving people the benefit of the doubt. And don't be too quick to be tempered as well. And when I actually express that, again, I feel like that still relates to like living slower. It's kind of like taking in first. Like taking in the process, everything that's happening before you react. And provide them grace by not reacting really at all, but or at least not reacting immediately, especially if that immediate reaction is negative. That's not a goal for mine. Giving people the benefit of the doubt is definitely helpful because then it's just like, you, you, you probably might give people a pass if they either do something to you, around you, towards you. And again, I'm definitely learning more of that. I've had so many experiences, let alone today or this week, to where maybe I could have just provided grace. I wouldn't have been upset. Or wouldn't have to think about it for too long or too much. So don't be too quick to be tempered about it as well. And so taking the higher road is something you hear often and something I already practice. But sometimes, you know, people really be doing you dirty and they be doing you dirty on purpose. And taking the higher road in that sense is infinite strength. And I admire those who do that. And so... Because you don't know what people are going through, I think it's a lot easier to provide grace. Because you just don't know what people are going through. You don't know how they were raised, their background. all. You don't know that all the time, every single time, right? Something does something bad, negative, whatever, to the environment, towards you, to someone. You don't know. But if you're always there to, like, point the finger, you did it, what's wrong with you, da-da-da-da, like, you deserve nothing. You don't deserve kindness. You don't deserve nothing because you did this. Like, I don't think that's fair. Especially, I don't think that's fair for you to judge. Um, because at the end of the day, none of us are going to you to see if you make it to heaven. None of us are going to you. Be like, hey, so-and-so, did I make it to heaven? Do, do you know if i made it into them? No. You don't know. Um, and because you don't know what people are going through, I feel like it's almost like easier to provide grace. It's easier to provide grace when you don't know what they're going through. And I feel like even if you do know what they're going through, I, just move on. It's hard, but just move on. I would say just move on. Yeah. Provide that grace that way. There's a lot of ways to provide grace in different ways, you know. And I think the way I want to practice it more is just practice it through my service. Uh, My service of my skills, my service in general uh, of whether I do things, you know, or help people. Um, Excuse me. Those are ways that I uh, can provide grace. And I honestly want to look at, ooh, we gotta love Google because they are fast with their responses. I wanted to pull up examples of how to, I guess, extend grace to others. And so I am just going to read out the list and maybe I'll say one that I already do, like how we did previously, and say one I want I would like to personally work on because it looks interesting. Uh, or I can play it towards my life. So, starting off, we have number one: words. Um. Yeah. So oh, let's talk about nine ways to extend grace to others. Number one: words. Two: look for needs and opportunities. Number three: let it go. Four: be there. Five: forgive. Number six: learn to ask for forgiveness. Number seven, watch the way you speak. Number eight, gratitude. Number nine, take an interest in others. Okay. So, okay, I think I know which one I would personally work on. The one I feel like I already I already do, um, I'll say two. Words, I feel like with my words in general, I actually... Not even actually, let me not gonna say actually. I am kind and I'm gentle, especially when you are with me, we're talking. I'm very nice and nurturing to the point where it's just like, you know, I respect you how I would want you to respect me. I approach you how I want you to approach me. Um, Especially if we, like, just met. It's like, I'm not going to come to you all like, you know, a loser. Like, you know, no. no. Probably another one I I do a lot is uh be there where you know I want to read it. Be there. Sometimes your presence is all that's needed to show someone they're loved. Oh, that's deep. Be happy with the person who's happy, be sad with the person who's sad. Um, and they have a Bible uh scripture in here. Read it's from Romans 12:15 rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep i like that so um be there i feel like that's kind of already how i extend grace or i provide grace to others one on here that definitely piqued my interest but is to take an interest in others learn about other people ask them questions listen and care uh this bible scripture comes from philippians 2 3 Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. I really like this. Like, it's, I like this because not only this, when it comes to my friends, I support what they do. A hundred thousand percent, especially when it's their hobbies. If they're healthy. I support their healthy hobbies. Let me be more specific. And, you know, I ask about them. I care about them. I want to know more about them, their life, their current day-to-day. I'm I'm that friend where you can pick up off from, like, two years of not talking. Um, but we acted like we just talked, like, three hours ago. But the thing that I really like about this whole taking interest in others, it does let people know that you care. And I think that sometimes some people don't know that you care about them or you don't care about them that much. And you know, I think that we should work on that. And if I'm dedicating myself to work on providing more grace then that's somewhere I can hold myself more accountable uh on improving that. But guys, I definitely want to skedaddle cuz it's already like 7:41 p.m. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to go work out. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel at Aaliyah Simone. Don't forget to put a period in between that Aaliyah and that Simone. Thank you very much and tune in next week.